Hey y'all, this is Chris Roth here with Bushido Squirrel and Terry from the start this time uh, with your weekly knock activism wrap up. Today we're going to be talking about, uh, I mean, I, what's the point of like really giving us the rundown on this at this point? We're going to be talking more about coronavirus because shit's fucked up. Yeah. Um, but we do have a little bit of extra stuff going on. We've got some uh, fucked up vaccination stuff going on. We've got some uh, fucked up uh, new variants of covid uh, things going on. We've got a an impeachment trial that nobody's paying attention to. Uh, we have a the new record high of homeless de- homeless deaths in LA County. Uh, we've got some really great articles that came out on knock.la over the last week or so that y'all should definitely be checking out. Um, some shit went down with BLM at the Gascon event that we were talking about last week when we recorded. And then we're going to talk a little bit just to, you know, give us a little fun at the end of this today. We're going to talk a little bit about Aileen Wakeland and the absolute horse shit uh, profile that she got in the LA Times. Our uh, own Iron Does not lady. make her seem like a good... <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, so uh, anyway, but before we get into all this stuff, uh, how's everything going for you, Bushido Squirrel? You know what? Since since we're covering so much like stupid news today, I have I have a good bit of news. <laughs> I got to meet and pet the neighbor's cat. And uh, that was very hey. friendly. Um, just a nice little tomcat. Uh, my cat is not a fan of him. Uh, she does not like him when he passes through our yard. But, you know, so be it. Um, but I got to pet him. He was very friendly. I don't know what his name is, but, uh, you know, he seemed like a nice enough cat. So that's that's my positive for the week. What about you, Terry? How are you doing? It is difficult to beat a neighbor's cat. Uh, no, things are things are good, uh, more or less. Uh, work for me is starting up this week. So I'll have a reason to get out of the house and go expose myself to dozens upon dozens of uh of teenage children so uh we're gonna be good god well and we (laughs) all know we all know that that college children um or college students i shouldn't call them college children but we all know that they're an imminently (laughs) responsible (laughs) you know group of of young adults who um are not responsible for lots of disease transmission just in normal years so um wear a respirator uh get yourself some ppe Uh, yeah well i mean only only four universities so far have gone out of a two-week pause this semester uh as of as of yesterday so uh, how long has this semester been going like three weeks (laughs) <laughs> shit but before we get into all this stuff uh can you two explain your lower thirds for anyone who is in the uh the the auditory audience and can't see what's on screen here on twitch yeah i don't think you should invest in dogecoin i i think that's a bad bet with your money <laughs> like the 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 stock market in general and crypto to an extent are like large casinos that we all could like sink our money into if we want to but like you literally can't do anything with Dogecoin. You can't buy anything. It has no transactional value. <laughs> it was a joke that kind of got out of hand. Like I know there are like a handful of places that like you can use Dogecoin. It's worth eight cents a coin at this point. 
people are going to have to profit take at some point and there's no structural like lower bound there so people are just going to like pull out all of their money uh what about you terry what is a what is a himalayan glacier watcher get up to these days uh, breaking up and collapsing uh like i'm sure like like i'm sure many of us feel uh we're doing all the time but uh a large glacier in yeah. india northern india uh broke off of the himalayans and destroyed a power uh, hydroelectric dam I think seven are confirmed dead. Over 100, 150 are missing, I believe. Um, and this all in an area where they want to build more hydroelectric power stations uh, as the climate uh, completely collapses around us. Cool. Cool. What about you, Chris? Yeah. How, how are you doing? I realize we forgot to ask you as, as you're like um, sitting there in, in your, <laughs> your uh, sitting there in your loft looking over downtown. Uh, I mean... It's good. I, I, I did uh, just swap out my my air filter last night and was reminded once again of just how disgusting the air quality is here in Los Angeles. Um, my filters in six weeks built up what should be like six months of uh, of dust collected. Uh, I, I don't know what to think about that other than that my lungs must be very healthy. It, yeah, I'm sure. They looked really bad. <sighs> but the, the, the filters, not your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah terry's just digging into my chest cavity right now uh yeah no, we're gonna we're gonna, uh, we're gonna know, auscultate are... in six different positions and see just how bad you're doing chris oh god i'm talking with two doctor peoples um the <laughs> i'm in a different league uh anyway the the no life in downtown is is interesting um you know it's it's uh, I've gotten very used to the fact that I basically just never leave my home except to go to the grocery store or the liquor store. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that I got to say, like, it's, it's, I since refuse we're, to engage since in outdoor dining. Since we're bantering, uh, that car accident the other night, like uh, just around oh, the corner. That, that was wild, man. That was a lot of kinetic energy that was released there. It, yeah. I mean, so that was I was literally I had just taken my contact out because I was going to bed at like 1 a.m. And I heard two huge bangs and had no idea what was going on. Uh, I had to go find my glasses to put them back on and and look out the window and see like a cloud of smoke rising. One uh, SUV pointing in the wrong direction on the sidewalk with a tree just destroyed. And uh, the Metro bike bike shares uh, bikes like just wiped out the sidewalk in pieces yeah like the next morning there were there were all of the little you know those little reflectors from the wheels yep there were about like a half a dozen of those just scattered across the sidewalk and all of the bikes were missing the 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 stand was all uh like taped off and one of the the furthest section of it because they they do them in like three sections for each stand depending on how big they are the the one at the um the north end of the street had just been completely bent out and was like offset by a good six to seven feet at the end uh, from where it was supposed to be. So an incredible amount of energy uh, dissipated into this. Apparently it was a, it was like a head on collision between a car that was being chased by LAPD down Broadway um, and another vehicle. Uh, I did not get to hear any news about what had happened in terms of injuries out of it, but they were doing a manhunt for like the next hour or so. So we just had the helicopter. Yeah. Just circling around, blasting the searchlights. And uh, I don't know what happened after that, but thank you, LAPD, for continuing to do high speed pursuits into the middle of downtown. Yep. Uh, The next fucking day, they did it again. 
um, with a uh, a chase that ended up in uh, on Olympic and Alameda with um, a Honda something or other, like a CRT or something like that, that they were chasing and uh, ended up going under the back of a semi um, and killed the driver. Yeah. So again, thank you, LAPD, for continuing to recklessly throw our lives uh, to the wind because you feel like being a fucking action movie hero. You fucking pieces of shit. Stop doing this. You're killing people. And this is how you end up in situations like where Albert Corrado's sister was murdered by LAPD. Like, yeah. you get the adrenaline pumping, you make them feel like they're going to be a fucking hero, and then they just start firing off rounds into a crowded fucking grocery store because they do not give a shit because they know they're not going to face any consequences. Yeah. Except maybe losing a little bit of sleep, but honestly, they're all fucking sociopaths. So... Stop it! Yeah, just fucking stop it! I'm sorry. I'm on a rant. No, that, that's okay. Anyway. We're gonna go from uh, we're gonna go from from this uh, recita- or from this recitation of uh, one car accident to our national train wreck. All right, so let's talk about Trump's second impeachment. So Donald Trump got impeached once, but they didn't convict him. So the Democrats impeached him again in the House, and now the uh, trial is starting in the Senate. Uh, it technically started today. Um, it seems like a rather like boring affair. Like I haven't heard too much about this. What about you, Terry? I haven't heard. Any, well, all I've heard is that Schumer isn't really even trying uh, because the 45 senators who voted for it not being constitutional kind of tipped their hand that no matter what happens, they're not going to convict or be able to convict in the Senate. And I can't tell if first it was tragedy. Now it's farce or if first it was farce and now it's tragedy. Uh, yeah. And. No one, no one in the country seems to care. I mean, I, I mean, Rachel Maddow's uh, beside herself with joy. But other than that, nobody is even this is this is just a complete afterthought. Uh, it which is unfortunate because it's an incredibly important and yet nobody can bring themselves to, to care. So, yeah, no, it's and it's like this should be a slam dunk. Like, this should be a slam dunk. The president staged a coup. It didn't work. And he's not going to be punished for that. Like, and it should be such an easy slam dunk. And the whole, well, we, you can't impeach him after he left office, even though, like, that impeachment would remove his lifetime pension, his ability to have Secret Service protection, and stop him from ever holding federal office again, which, like, seems important when you have a coup-doing president to stop him from holding federal office ever again. Like, it is... Yeah. mind-boggling that the GOP is going to throw in on the side of, hey, insurrection is fine. Uh, we're not really going to, to you know, do too much about that, especially on the, the heels of Marjorie Taylor Greene being allowed to, like, keep her position in the GOP, not being kicked out of Congress, but losing all of her committee assignments. And then Liz Cheney apparently facing the ire of the GOP for not being ghoulish enough, I guess, like... I don't want to defend Liz Cheney. And yet here I am being like, no, you probably shouldn't take away her leadership position because she did the rational thing and voted to impeach the coup doing president who is. Yeah. Ah, I, I don't want to go on this too long, but I do want to put a fine point on this where the, the insurrection happened a month ago, like a month ago, two days ago. It has only been 30 days since a bunch of fucking small business tyrants and militia wannabes tried to overthrow our government. Ah. Yeah. Time is stupid. It is a stupid, stupid circle. Uh, yeah. One one yeah. detail uh, 
as far as I understand it, the impeachment um, is a two thirds vote in the Senate. It's a separate vote after impeachment, after a successful conviction or impeachment. It's a separate vote that would then bar him from office. And that's a, a simple majority vote. Uh, which is bizarre yeah. that you can't just vote to bar him without the, the impeachment. Like if we could if we could reverse those, like maybe the GOP would get on board. They don't seem to want to deal with him either. Well, yeah, the, the other thing is that if they if they just if the Democrats just got out of their own fucking way and got the two thousand dollar checks rolling out the door and like handled that and did deliver on the on the, all of the fucking promises that they made during the, the special election, uh, the, the runoff election rather in Georgia, you know, we could change the entire discourse of what people are focused on in this country and allow them to allow the, you know, the Senate to actually go about the business of dealing with this because this is a big fucking deal. And for them to mm -hmm. abandon it because they just are tripping over their own feet and like just literally doing a whole Lucy football situation with literally everything, I, I, I'm, I'm just at a loss. Like, yeah. I don't know why it is that they have decided that they are just going to throw away all of their political credibility and all of the political capital that they built up over the last few years over a, a fucking like $2,000 equals 1400 plus 600 thing versus like, just get the fuck on with doing what you said you were gonna do because money is literally just a fucking construct. Uh, you, you, Squirrel, you said this like when we were talking beforehand, how people talking about the fact that money doesn't grow on trees and yet Elon fucking tweets and Bitcoin goes up how much? Uh, it, it, it jumped up to 42,000 today. Let me, let me check. It's, it's right now as fuck. we're recording on Monday evening at around 7.15 uh, Pacific time. Eh, come on, fucking internet. It is at $45,936. Fuck! So it is. It That's is up. So much. It's up twenty point five percent in twenty four hours, which is insane volatility. Just absolutely insane volatility. And it might be going up more. Like there might be other companies that are now going to start throwing billions into Bitcoin because, like, Bitcoin is like Fuck. digital gold. And like, here's what I'm gonna say before, because we're a little distracted from the impeachment talk, but. I don't think that anyone is betting on the strength of the American dollar right now. And I don't think that's a bad bet. Like, I don't think the American dollar is going to, like, keep its strength going out here and not for the stupid like, oh, they're printing too much money and blah, blah. No, 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 no. Our economy's dying. Our Congress is broken. There's no reason to have faith in the credit of the American government at this point. Like, that's just gone. But... Let's uh, let's wrap up the impeachment talk here, and uh, we're gonna move on to uh, another quickly approaching anniversary. Um, it's been about a year since LA went on lockdown. Well, it's a, we're about a month out from the year anniversary of LA going on lockdown. Uh, February is about when uh, COVID started hitting California and Los Angeles. So, uh, Chris, we're almost done with this, right? Like we're we're within a hair's breadth of solving this whole thing, right? Uh. Oh, uh, squirrel! Don't break my heart like this. Gallows uh, humor, no, we're folks. Not. We're Gallows fucked. humor. We're we're we are we are utterly and completely fucked. And uh, our our elected leaders have just decided to put us on a fucking death march at this point. Uh, yeah. So we are now, as of this recording, um, I think this these numbers are from about six p.m. Uh, Monday, the eighth of February. Uh, we're now up to three million. Uh, again, the this is. Anyone that's watching, uh, LA Times 
does not update their state graphics at the same rate that they update their county graphics because well, I don't know. But the number that they're reporting right now, uh, as of this recording, is 3,400,070 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the state of California. That's 93,561 new cases in the past week, which is nice to see it uh, you know, not going up as much because uh, the new case count has dramatically dropped um, over the last couple of weeks. We were over 40,000, in some cases, 70,000 new cases in a single day. And now we, are, we were down to just uh, 7,698 new cases of the virus statewide yesterday, which, mind you, was Super Bowl Sunday, uh, and Sundays are always a bad day for reporting any of this shit. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait. And we Chris, are, you, 5, are you trying to say that getting 20,000 unmasked individuals together in a stadium was a oh. bad idea? Oh, I, I didn't even I didn't even go there. But yes, it was a bad idea. Like, thank you for the nationally sanctioned super spreader event, Biden and company. Like, I thought we were going to have the I'm adults sure. in the room now. Like what I'm the sure fuck a happened? normal amount of people left at half, half time to go get their tests. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, racial disparity is still fucking disgusting. Uh, we're at 8.8%, almost 8.9% of the uh, Latinx population in the state of California has contracted COVID and tested positive. This is not counting all of the people that contracted it and weren't tested or contracted it and recovered from it without ever being tested. Like there are so many options for how people have been exposed to this and not been reported for it. Uh, and it's just absolutely fucking devastating. The black population is a little over 4%. White and Asian populations are hovering a little over three to three and a half percent. It's fucked up. Uh, the positivity rate has actually been declining steadily, which is good because uh, it's at least seeing the positivity rate go down is is nice when you're seeing the number of new tests that they're doing also going way the fuck back down. Like we're back down to uh, below our mid-December testing uh, regime in terms of the number of tests being administered. Uh, you saw a giant dip in the tests being administered when they first started doing the vaccination sites. And that probably has something to do with why we're not seeing so many cases being reported now, because there's been so much of a focus on the infrastructure around the coronavirus, shifting away from testing and moving into uh, vaccination, despite the fact that the county is completely fucked up the entire rollout of that, as we'll discuss later. Um, when it comes to the intensive care and other hospitalizations across the state of California, we're at around uh, 11 to 12,000 people hospitalized overall, and our intensive care unit uh, hospitalizations have dropped pretty significantly. We're probably in the 3,000 range versus 5,000 at our peak. Uh, ICU bed availability is, is steadily climbing up. It's very nice to see this trend going in the right direction for once. Uh, the regions uh, are also showing the same thing. Northern California has gone in a steep decline and is rapidly approaching the 15% cutoff range where we've all been floating for a long time, basically everywhere else. The Bay Area and Greater Sacramento have both jumped up to around 18 to 18.4%. San Joaquin Valley and Southern California have left the 0% range and are now at 107 and 9.1% respectively. Uh, when it comes to the cumulative totals of uh, cases across the state, Lassen and Imperial and Kings County are all still leading the way at a whopping 17, 14.6 and 14.1 percent of their population being infected, which is fucking crazy. Although we're not that far behind in Los Angeles with 11.3 percent of our population having been infected with coronavirus. 
the number of deaths by day, this is where things are really fucked up because the number of new cases uh, has been declining steadily. The number yeah. of hospitalizations has been declining steadily. We are still sitting like we had, uh, what was it? Four, we're up to 44,232 deaths in the state due to the virus, 164 yesterday, 79 reported so far today. But our seven day floating average is now floating around 450, which is dramatically reduced from like when we were seeing these spikes of upwards of 700 people dying per day, but we, the seven day average has not, it was, it crested around 520. It hasn't dropped down that much compared to the number of new cases, because of course the deaths are a lagging indicator as we are all intimately familiar at this well, point. And we, we've uh, seen a the, drop off in deaths to an extent, but not as dramatic as one yeah. would believe or, or one would expect to see based on the testing numbers. Like we're now finally yeah. under 100 deaths a day for L.A. County, I think. I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. But we mm -hmm. should have seen that happen a lot sooner. Like a lot of people yes. going into the hospital are just not walking out of the hospital because the number of people who are getting infected and and are vulnerable to dying from this has stayed relatively the same right like what we're yep. seeing is a lot of younger people and a lot of people who are getting tested who weren't necessarily vulnerable are no longer getting tested so we're seeing the like positivity numbers drop off but we're not seeing the death numbers drop off and i have this like we're going to talk about this in a bit, but with the new variants i don't think this is like the final trough like i feel like this is a calm before no. the storm I think that you are correct. Uh, state prison numbers are starting to level off a little bit. They're at 48,344. Um, this is across the uh, 35 facilities for the Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation in the state of California. This, of course, does not include anything from federal prisons, immigration detention facilities, or local jails. Um, when we're looking into L.A. County, we are up to... Oof, 1,149,346 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in LA County as of 6.10 p.m. Monday, February 8th, with 2,892 new cases reported yesterday. Uh, the drop-off here in terms of new cases in LA County is is just actually pretty mind-boggling. Like yeah. It has dropped so much. We're seeing our seven-day average now below 5,000. We are seeing it like it was... Uh, around 15,000 for a solid month there where it pretty much just plateaued. Uh, although we did see a single day uh, high case report, which was, I believe, due to like a backlog of cases at nearly 30,000 cases in a single day. Um, but the uh, the intensive care and, and other hospitalization, uh, we're seeing good trends there. We're down to probably around 1,200 or so uh, ICU beds occupied right now with COVID-19. Overall hospitalizations is down to around 4,000 from the 8,000 peak that we saw just a few weeks ago. Uh, our ICU bed availability has not increased. Um, it's it's I the, the way that they track these numbers is just going to drive me nuts because this graph is showing that the ICU availability in LA County has been basically a flat line. But then when you look at Southern California as a whole, I, I mean, I guess that does include Orange County and San Diego and like everything else, right? So then the number of available beds elsewhere is definitely on the uptick, but LA County has basically just been flatlined since January and it has not improved uh, in terms of what we have uh, available here in LA County. Um, and then it's worth looking one last time before we move on uh, over to the fact that the, uh, the color scheme 
Uh, our adjusted case rate is still really fucking bad uh, at 38.7. It needs to drop down below seven before we can get out of tier one and into tier two. Um, our positivity rate is hovering at 11.3%, which is still well above the 8% necessary to drop into tier two. Uh, and our equity index is at fucking 15. Jeez. And it needs to drop below eight. Uh, so this is not good. Um, but really, I, I skipped something because I didn't have it in the graphs. Um, but we're, we're looking at 4.7 million vaccines having been administered in California since the start of the vaccination re uh, regimen. Uh, we are at 197, where there were 197,366 jabs delivered yesterday. Um, L.A. County, we're at 1,175,308 vaccines so far. Uh, 203,231 jabs yesterday. Uh, so the the vaccination is uh, is is on its way up, but it's you know there still is a lot to be looking uh, for from all of that. We can get into the discussions about that in a moment. Um, but again, touching back on our deaths overall in LA County, uh, we only had twenty eight thousand new cases last week, uh, but we're up to eighteen thousand one hundred forty six deaths in the county due to the virus 88 yesterday uh the seven day average is still hovering just below 200 so sundays are still the low reporting day it's i'm sure it was even lower because it was super bowl sunday uh but we're we're the the number of people who are dying is still very very high and it's truly just f completely fucked yeah um Oh yeah. No, I think I, I think the tweets that we got pulled up by um, uh, Lexus from uh, LA Taco uh, shot on 35 millimeter tell a pretty damning story about like the job that LA County is doing with making sure that the vaccine gets to a lot of people. And uh, I'll, I'll wait for you to pull this one up to sort of like there we go. Um, but it's clear like if you're white and you're wealthy, you're getting the vaccine. If you're black and you're poor, oh, yeah. you're not. And what's really, really troubling about this, for me at least, is a lot of this disparity is being chalked up to vaccine resistance or healthcare skepticism by black and brown communities, which like, there's a lot of reasons to be skeptical of, of the, the healthcare system, especially if you're not white and wealthy in this country. But that's not why these people aren't getting the, the vaccine. The reason is because we're not as a state prioritizing them. There was the story of the, the clinic in uh, East LA where they serve 12,000 people and they only got 100 doses of the vaccine. And they have people calling them every day saying, I am, I'm an elderly person, I would like to get the vaccine. And they're like, we don't have the doses and we don't know when we're getting them. I like just, the, the systemic failures here are just the same systemic failures that we see all across the healthcare well, system. Also, yeah, well, I mean, also the overlap between comorbidity and uh, pre-existing conditions and essential workers is uh, and and falling along racial lines. Right. That, you know, the, it makes sense that, that people are still going to be exposed and dying because they are they have pre-existing conditions that put them at higher risk. They're out doing their essential jobs. They're not being given PPE and, and protections by their workplace nine times out of ten. And uh Whereas the, the wealthier and the, and the whiter people are likely to have better insurance. They're likely to, to get better care. Uh, it's, yeah. 
Well, and also like one so, of the uh, one of the best ways to get on the vaccine waiting list is uh, through the website. And if you don't have broadband internet connection or you're not very familiar with how to use the internet, you're gonna have a hell of a lot harder time getting signed up there. Like there is a 1-800 number that you can call, but it's proven to have a lot of long wait times and not be any more reliable than the website. And the website itself, absolutely sucks like i have been trying to get my friend's dad signed up he's 72 years old getting this man a vaccine appointment has been a fucking nightmare like every time i sign on there are just no vaccine appointments and they're like hey sign up for our email list and we'll let you know and when i do get like an email like hey there are vaccine appointments available tomorrow by the time i get to like trying to sign him up for one yeah all of the, the appointments are gone they're just all fucking gone and i i I know that there's, and we can talk about this uh, in, in a second, is the new plan for Anthem Blue Cross uh, to to control the vaccine like distribution from here on out because the county's fucked it up so bad. But we've lost, you know, six to eight weeks worth of vaccination time. And that was really valuable time for a lot of people. Yep. Um, one thing I wanted to point out before we move on to talking more about the vaccination um, issues is the equitability of it, because yeah. I think this is really important to cover that the Annabelle Munoz was reporting from ABC seven that this was from February 2nd. Uh, so just, you know, six days ago, the number of black residents had like black residents in L.A. County had received four point six percent of the vaccine doses versus the represent they represent eight percent of the population and latinos had uh received 29 percent of the vaccine versus being 48 percent of the of the population uh you know white people getting 30 percent versus being 26 percent of the population but just comparing that to how it has gone down where the black population has gone down to 3.5 percent so basically it's been completely stagnant uh in terms of the vaccination numbers uh, they, their, their, their proportion of the total vaccinations given has dropped off because uh, of the lack of equitable distribution across the county. And I believe, uh, yeah, so the Hispanic population, I think it's actually kind of flatlined it from last time. What was it? Uh, 29%? No, it's gone down. Sorry. Yeah. 29 down to 25. So like, that's a problem. Um, but yeah, it, it's, everything's fucked up. Everything is all f super fucked up. Um, but we were talking uh, about not only e is this the vaccination. Yeah. So do you please squirrel, take it away. So B117 is the variant that was uh, discovered in the UK, though. Like we have this habit as humans of like anthropomorphizing the viruses that like infect us and stuff and like attributing to them characteristics that we attribute to people, right? Like the Spanish influenza. Well, that was because of a propaganda campaign and because Spain was in the midst of a civil war, there were no media controls there. So they reported on flu deaths, yeah. even though the Spanish influenza uh, either came from Kansas or New York, like one of those two places. It was definitely American. I thought it was Missouri. Uh, somewhere in the Midwest or New it York. It was matter. one of those places. It, it was firmly in America. It's definitely the American border. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we talk about B117, what we're saying is that the UK first identified it because the UK does a lot more genetic testing. Here in LA and like across the US, we don't do genetic testing because the Trump administration was like, well, we just don't want that information because we would rather pretend this isn't happening. So if you're in the UK and they like do the nasal swab, they're then going to sequence the genome of the virus if you have it and see if it's like, 
like a new variant if it's one that's been going around like you can get a lot of useful data from that we don't do that here so b117 may not have necessarily arisen in the uk but it was first identified there it's about 50 percent more transmissible not necessarily more deadly but if more people are getting it the more people are getting sick and then more people are going to die there are also questions about whether or not this will increase the long-term mortality rate because if more people are getting the virus that's more times that the virus is replicating that's more times for it to mutate into something new to find a uh, a mutation that's actually beneficial to it and then for that mutation to move forward so b117 has been identified not just in the u.s but here in southern california and is predicted to be the dominant variant in the united states by the time march rolls around that will absolutely screw all of these reopening plans because we know when it comes to covid if you have mild to moderate symptoms you have 90 30 sorry three months to like six months worth of um uh, effective immunity from it if you have really severe symptoms nine months to maybe 12 months but so we're rolling into the period of time where anybody who got sick in that first wave last year is no longer going to have that effective immunity people are now susceptible to covid again and these new variants spread like literal wildfire so chris tell us from a, a, a data perspective what this is going to mean for our covid fight here in california uh, I, I do not know, uh, other than it's going to be very bad. I, I have no way of predicting this shit. Like we are, we are on a an absolute just tear toward destroying ourselves. Like I just fundamentally do not understand this, and this yeah. this uh, touches into something that we actually forgot to include in the rundown, uh, but we should talk about it at some point. Uh, the fact that. Uh, Joe Buscaino has decided that he wants to sue the Los Angeles well, Unified you know School District. We're going we're gonna to cover that next week because outside yeah. of Joe having a oh, press okay. conference, nothing has been done on it. But don't you worry, folks. Gotcha. Uh, aside from the firefighters that are quickly rushing to go like punch Joe Buscaino <laughs> in the mouth that we hear outside Chris's apartment, <laughs> there, are, there are folks not just within Ground Game but across L.A. County that are organizing to fight this because it's a terrible, stupid plan. But uh, B117 yep. makes it an even more terrible and stupid plan because by March or April, we're going to see the R, which is currently at like R.9. We want to get it to R.6 to really get a handle on things. We're going to go above R.1.3 if B117 takes over and we haven't course corrected from where we're at. Where, spoiler alert, we're not going to. If you saw the Tampa Bay fans last night, just multiply that across the country. Like, spring break is coming soon. People do not want to stay home anymore. Leadership has failed them. Everyone's going fucking broke. The 405 is back to as, as packed as it's ever been. People have just given up. We have not seen the pain yet. Like, this is going to get so much worse. And it, it like, it honestly scares the hell out of me. Terry, we haven't heard from you for a while. Chris and I have just been yelling. So I wanted to turn to you well, for your chance to yell. Even the people who who haven't gotten lockdown fatigue, or I call it lockdown. We've never been locked down in this country. But even the people who, who, have, who are still doing it right, that are still being careful, uh, the, the B117 uh, stuff that we could do four or five months ago, you know, you got one mask on and if you're in the grocery aisle and somebody else is in the aisle, you can kind of scoot past each other real quick and probably be okay. We can't do that anymore. Um, this is getting to the point where it's, you know, you if you don't either an N95 or, or two masks and even more than six feet of, of space between between you and everybody else. And that, you know, and so this is like a, a completely new set of guide, uh, guidelines, a, 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 a completely new protocol that we have to get used to. 
Uh, and as you were saying absolutely correctly, people are tired. Well, half the people are still having to go to work because they're broke and they're about to get evicted in June. But, uh, you know, everybody, you know, you got to go to work or you're tired. You want to go to a Super Bowl party and, and it's it's messing everything up. What you were saying earlier, Squirrel, about the, the shit show of a vaccine rollout. Yeah, it cost us six, eight weeks of and now on a personal level, that's really bad because that puts people at risk of infection and dying for six extra weeks that they may not have otherwise had to be. But on a societal level, that was six weeks of, of variance that could potentially take over. Um, and the the B one one seven, yeah, it's bad because it, it spreads much more more easily. But the v- viruses have they've got like two options, right? Like you can either get really really contagious or really really deadly. And and which of those is going to be better for the virus to replicate? Oftentimes, you know, because if, if if people die too quickly, right, like Ebola or something, like if you die too quickly, then you can't spread. And if you and if you spread if you spread too much, then you can't really be lethal. Um, and that's kind of a balancing act. B117, okay, yeah, the numbers will go up. But it's the, I forget the, the number of it, but the, the South African variant, that's the one that's really terrifying because that's more fatal and the vaccines aren't working. AstraZeneca, they, they just, South Africa just stopped giving the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine because it doesn't fucking work. So, and the South Africa, that's in North Carolina already, right? So <clears throat> we've got that here and uh, vaccines aren't going to, they're not going to protect us. Well, and, and, you know, there was, uh, I was listening to, uh, the BBC today while I was out on a jog and they had a doctor from South Africa and he was like, or sorry, the doctor was from Nigeria. Uh, and he was saying, look, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have to keep vaccinating people and we're going to vaccinate them, not with the goal of stopping the spread, but the goal of stopping them from getting sick enough that they're going to die. You know, that's that's where we're at now, where this is going to be like the seasonal flu. And we just kind of have to hope that we can get a, a, a handle on it before it kills too many people or or creates too much chaos and havoc. But like, I don't think we're going to do that. Like, I, I, they're now predicting that we're going to see uh, 600,000 Americans dead uh, by June. We may see a million dead Americans by this time next year. Like, by January 2022, we may see a million dead Americans in a time faster than any of the wars have killed anyone. Like, World War II was 450,000 people spread across four years. Like, this is the part where, like, things are really nuts is, like, we're seeing people die at the fastest rate we've ever seen that at a time when we have better technology and better healthcare than we've ever had access to on the planet. And other countries are not seeing the same thing. So when you see Joey Buckets going up there and saying, hey, Israel can open their schools or Germany can open their schools, let's remember those countries go into extreme lockdown on it like as soon as they can. Like Germany has been paying people to stay home for months. Israel shuttered all of their flights for three weeks as soon as they saw B117 show up. Here in LA, LAX is still popping. You, you want to go sit at the bar at LAX and like get a beer with somebody about to hop on an international flight, like you can go do that. It has not stopped the entire time, even though LA City Council could have effing done that. And I know there are complaints like, oh, the FAA doesn't like it. You know what? We have a fucking Air Force with LAPD. I'm sure they could chase off all of those planes. Plus, we have men with jetpacks, apparently. <laughs> we can have jetpack patrols. Like, we could handle that. But yeah. Um, you could just you could just use the LA helicopters, like the LAPD helicopters could yeah. just block the airspace yeah and then that would stop all international travel yeah. like they could do just that get, if they want but they won't 
because just they don't believe that the virus around. is a thing. But uh, I mean, the thing yeah. the thing is, right? It seems like the goal <laughs> is has, in this country has always been keep the economy open, just don't overwhelm the hospitals, right? Let let people die as long as they die at a reasonably leisurely pace that that doesn't like fill up all the ICU beds. And if this, as this is going to become a seasonal thing, it's going to be a continual battle of trying not to overwhelm the hospitals. And think of the healthcare workers. Yep. I mean, there is there is no end in Jesus. sight for them. And it's not like we can just rush out and, well, I guess actually if you started nursing school now, you probably still get in the, the game when you get done in two years. But... You know, we just don't have, we do not have the infrastructure for this. Yeah. No, it's uh, the the toll on healthcare workers is something we'll explore a little bit later, but the number of suicides and people that are quitting and people that are yeah. dying prematurely is pretty astronomical. Here in LA County, we've lost about 194 healthcare workers since the beginning of the pandemic, but that's people who were killed by COVID. Like, we don't know how many other people have walked away from the job, who have quit, who have possibly committed suicide. Like, the number of, the, the actual death toll on healthcare workers has yet to be calculated. Also, you can go out and uh, have a waiter in full PPE serve you some very expensive pasta. Um, all right, well, we have some other very uplifting stuff that we, we need to move on to. So any uh, any last comments before we move off of uh, the COVID topic? No. No. Yeah. So we'll be back next week to talk more COVID stuff. Uh, we'll be sure to be talking Joey Buckets and LAUSD, but that's going to close out COVID for this week. So here in L.A., one of the unfortunate statistics that pretty much everyone has memorized, if you have any connection with the organizer or activist or outreach community, is four a day is not okay. Four people a, a day are dying on the streets of Los Angeles. Four people who are unhoused, who do not have permanent shelter, are dying for a variety of reasons. Uh, it seems like that number is a little bit out of date. Chris, let's uh, let's go through this. Well, before we get to the fact that it's out of date, let's talk about where the number came from. So back in 2019, we saw 1,050 deaths on the streets of Los Angeles County uh, among our unhoused population. In 2020, we saw 1,383 deaths. That is a pretty dramatic uptick. It's around 3.8 deaths per day. So the, that's where the four a day comes from. Um, here's where it's fucked. When you do a year-on-year -year average going from 2020 to 2020, not, to, not average, total. When you do the year-on-year -year total for January 2020 to January 2021, 95 deaths in January 2020, 165 deaths in January 2021. It's a 74% increase in the single year for the month-on-month for the -month number of people dying on the streets of Los Angeles because we just cannot get out of our own fucking way and put people into the hotel rooms, put people into the vacant housing and do all of the kinds of things that the activists from Streetwatch, from Ground Game, from K-Town for All, from all of these very like healthy LA coalition, these huge organizations like Coco, Clue, all, all of these organizations across the entire fucking county have been demanding that our county and city officials take action and actually do something to provide relief for our most vulnerable population, which is disproportionately black, a huge number of them are women, uh, and they're just stuck on the streets with absolutely no recourse because our city and county just cannot fucking do anything about it. And we are now up to more than five people per day 
in January of this past year. That is absolutely fucking absurd. And on top of all of this, we've just d- decided that, you know, it's too dangerous to do the, the point in time count for of homelessness in L.A. County this year. Um, and uh, Heidi Marston just says that, you know, that's OK. Don't worry about it. Uh, we don't need those numbers uh, because apparently they've just completely given up on doing anything about this situation. And Lhasa has just thrown up their hands. And this is the new reality that we're going to have to deal with. So that's insane. Uh, well, I guess. Yeah. Fuck. Well, and I, I listened to I listened to Heidi Marston uh, speaking today on, on KPCC. And she was like, no, don't worry. Like our outreach teams are still out there and still talking to people. And we still have an idea of what's going on. And like, if you know anyone who has any connection to Lhasa, you know that Lhasa doesn't have enough people on the ground. They are significantly underfunded. They do not have the manpower, which is why we need eight thousand volunteers a year to canvas la county lhasa does not have the people to do well, this. well i guess throwing your head in the sand uh isn't just a trump administration phenomenon oh man i it's like i just kind of want to see like judge carter you know just I, I live for his quotes where he just drags Eric Garcetti and the rest of his staff because it's just such an abysmal failure. And like everyone knows it, like everyone who has who leaves the house, even occasionally just to go around L.A., sees the number of encampments growing. And that's not a good sign. We know that those are people that were formerly housed. We know that those are people who used to have a roof over their head and have since been displaced and then pushed and shoved around until they can find a somewhat comfortable place to be until the cops displace them again. And Garcetti is just sorry. Yeah, Garcetti so, is just so transparently craven, and and I mean this like goal of ending by twenty twenty eight. Are you fucking kidding me? As if nobody also sees the Olympics on their calendar in twenty twenty eight, right? I and mean, like, and that's such a, a pathetic. I mean, what what is that? Uh, another seven, eight thousand people that will die before then. And that's his oh, aspir- yeah. that's his aspirational yeah, no, goal. Insane. I mean, like what the hell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 big thing here is that you know, uh, Garcetti has fucked this up. The city has fucked this up. The county has fucked this up. No one is taking responsibility. No one is moving forward and actually doing the kinds of things that are necessary to solve this. Or when they are moving forward with the possibilities of. Uh, of putting into into work the kinds of solutions that have been proven to be effective. You know, it's like two people, like we've got Bonin and we've got Nithya and that's pretty much it in terms of people that are actually listening to what the activists and the people who have been doing the organi- organizing around the actual solutions that solve these problems. Those are the only two you know, advocates for these things that we've had in any of these elected bodies who are giving a damn about this. Our county has just completely abdicated all responsibility for this. We've got Catherine fucking Barger, who just does not give a shit and is just looking for any excuse to just police things more and throw more people in jail. Uh, like, it's just everything is completely fucked up. Um, in, in a related note, you had mentioned, uh, Squirrel, that you like the Judge Carter quotes. Well, uh, there is a there's actually a, a special meeting of the L.A. City Council tomorrow, not a regularly scheduled meeting because uh they're having a meeting with Judge Carter uh, before that, and that canceled the regular order of things. So uh, look forward to a bit of a, a, a new potential round of quotes from Judge Carter because he's pissed. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the uh, council member Bonin just released an article on Medium last week talking about consent decrees because 
basically he sees the writing on the wall that the city is not going to solve this problem. The county is not going to solve this problem. And the courts are literally just going to have to step in and take these take the, the reins away from our elected officials because they have just utterly failed to deal with this. And uh, this is this is the this is the biggest portion of the legacy of Eric Garcetti. This is the massive dark stain on his uh, tenure in all of city leadership, because this shit was going on when he was in city council too. Like it was getting worse while he was in city council. He was city council president before he became mayor. Like Mm -hmm. this is all on his watch, him and Herb Wesson both. And then it's only just gotten dramatically worse under Nuri Martinez. Um, But like, it's just ineptitude piled on top of ineptitude. And here we are with five people dying every fucking day because we can't put them into the hotels that have been sitting fucking empty yeah for like almost a year now and that's Jesus. even and that's even with the FEMA funding that the the Biden administration has yeah. has promised but you know what They're while we're slow walking that shit while we're on the while we're on the topic of um forcing people out of their homes let's talk a little bit about the group friends of echo park lake which is a um benignly named group which is just incredibly evil there's some great coverage uh that was just done in knock by uh aaron Wistie, um covering this group's like meeting where uh they just put all their cards on the table and uh there's a quote that i wanted to read um that is is really important here uh quote they shared with us that the lapd is going to be designating an ongoing service detail to the Echo Park Lake area. This will be after the park is restored. There apparently has already been some officers deployed to a more regular rotation, both at the park and then around the park. They identified an area of streets around the park. What we were told is that they'd be a permanent and 24-7 LAPD presence in and around the park going forward to ensure that it can be maintained as a community space. So I thought that was encouraging. So what we're talking about here is right now LAPD LAPD still sort of like LAPD basically does have a 24-7 presence at Echo Park Lake. They're constantly driving through the lake. They're constantly positioning officers there. They don't have anybody just assigned to harass the people who live in the encampment there. But LAPD wants to do that. And Friends of Echo Park Lake is working very closely with Mitch O'Farrell. And what they're working with Mitch O'Farrell to do is figure out a way to basically evict people who have no other place to live, who have no other place to go. Like Echo Park Lake is a good place to live if you have to be living in a tent because one, it's got some shade during the day. Like you have a nice kind of cooling effect from the lake. There's bathrooms there, though apparently they've started locking the bathrooms at night despite the fact that they're court ordered to allow bathroom access. They've also stationed a security guard at the bathrooms Streetwatch has been out there several times having to fight with private security to make them open up the bathrooms because it's the fucking law. But this is sort of the same NIMBY trend we've been seeing over and over and over again, where people are basically organizing in the shadows in the name of the public good so that they can keep their home values up in order to stop people from having a comfortable place to live while they ride out this crisis. Yeah, it's absolutely fucked. Everybody should go out there and watch uh, watch the videos, uh, watch the people show what their true colors are. Yeah. Um, where where can they where, see where, those where, videos, Chris? Uh, LA YouTube channel. Uh, and anywhere on this article. Like, it's linked right here. It's, it's a thing. Uh, become a subscriber. Follow us on, on YouTube and see all of the stuff. Like, you get to hear... Oof. That, actually, you're you're not catching any of that audio, so I'm just gonna turn it off. But uh, 
you can see like we we saw multiple people's um twitter accounts go down as a result of this article uh we saw you know people are making demands that we take down the video because they don't like being outed as uh deeply racist and uh deeply classist people um it's just it's yeah it's just so fucked up uh it they're giving yeah. this like <laughs> bullshit neighborhood grassroots community cover to LAPD so that LAPD and Mitchell Farrell can go do what LAPD and Mitchell Farrell have always wanted to do already. So that's just no, absolutely not. These people can just go fuck themselves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they but they also they had Theo Henderson came by and Theo is like one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. And Theo was just trying to, you know, recount for them what his lived experience has been like as an unhoused individual in Los Angeles and what it's like to actually live like this. And he was in the middle of trying to finish his statement, but he was completely cut off. Yep. Like they would not let him finish. And people were clapping their hands and interrupting him because they did not want to hear from a black man telling his experience of being then, unhoused in Los Angeles. Like, And going right back to the, the quote that Squirrel read, right? Like they're saying, oh, this is going to be a community space. Well, who the fuck is the community, right? Because of the people who live in that lake 24-7, yeah. they're the community there, right? Everybody, uh, I mean, that's... Not in the eyes so, of these people. Yeah. I... I yeah, and yeah, it's it's fuck. you know this also comes on the heel of several um, uh, uh, successful sweep defenses uh, held by people like uh, groups like Street Watch, um, services not sweeps, who have been going and kind of picking specific places, especially in Hollywood at the encampment on Vine, and then also out by El Pueblo, which is a a sec a, a special enforcement zone. Um, what we're talking about in Echo Park Lake is a little bit scarier because there they're talking about enforcing. Uh, uh, 60, oh shit, I, I lost it. What's it called again, Chris? 6344. 6344. By the way, if you want to just like memorize gibberish numbers, just start learning the LA, <laughs> the LA Municipal Code because it is just like a cavalcade of ridiculous like Dewey Decimal Point uh, indexing um, that just means like terrible crimes against humanity. But... Uh, for 6344, that bans you from being in a park between the hours of 1030 10:30 p.m. and 5 a.m. So what they want to do is they want to have LAPD and the Parks Department enforcing those laws more strictly to not allow anybody to camp there or seek shelter there. The special enforcement zones are the deal that Garcetti and the rest of city council struck with the NIMBYs to say, hey, if you accept a bridge shelter in your neighborhood, we'll make sure to kick out all of the other unhoused people. It's basically a way to take a small shelter, a shelter that does not shelter everyone, put it up in a neighborhood and then get rid of everyone who doesn't fit into the shelter. So for instance, in Koreatown, they put up a shelter that will house like 90 people, I think at most, but there are 450 or so people living on the streets of Koreatown in that area. So if you just do the math, there's 360 people who don't have a bed in that shelter who are now no longer allowed to be within a square mile of that place. And that's a lot it's, of it's area. Worse. If you look at the special enforcement zone out in Venice, it covers all of Venice, all of Venice, not just a few blocks or like a half mile around the shelter or the proposed uh, bridge home shelter. It's all of Venice. Yeah, but to, to, to point out uh, one other detail about the, the special enforcement zone in, in K-Town, the shelter is like all the way over and basically in Westlake. Yeah. It is it's not right even in Koreatown. 
pretty much yeah it's it's like right next to macarthur park but then the special enforcement zone goes from there like all the way along wilshire to the west it has nothing to do with the proximity to the fucking shelter it's just a creating a criminalized corridor around the places that people have just decided they do not want to be seeing unhoused residents trying to survive and Wilshire Boulevard is one of those places where there actually is space for people to do this. There's a lot of traffic, so people don't really want to be on Wilshire Boulevard, but there's also a lot of trees and a lot of shade. Yeah. And the 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 creation of these special enforcement zones going like a block north or two blocks north, two blocks south along Wilshire the whole fucking way. It's just it's just vindictive. It's just the 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 violence and the the punishment is the point. Like that's the entire yeah. Well, yeah. So what just, what we're going to be seeing uh, coming up? Well, in the, I was oh, say, go I ahead, mean, Terry. This is all of this is bullshit to begin with, and sweep shouldn't be happening. But to point out the hypocrisy that uh, you know certain groups are are fighting as they should to, to put moratorium evictions during the pandemic. We're in a public health emergency. People need to be sheltering in place. And so yes, we should have moratorium evict- evictions and keep people in their apartments and whatever. But these people that when they have they're unhoused, when they have their encampment, like that's their home, and they're they're being evicted constantly from their home. These sweeps are evictions, and it needs to fucking end for the length of this pandemic, which is going to be forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, so what What we're going to be seeing soon coming up in front of council is uh, probably a motion by Mike Bonin uh, to try and get the city and county of Los Angeles to enter into a consent decree with the federal courts, where the federal courts will be deciding what needs to be done to solve this. And like, Nock is going to be having some coverage coming out on this because it is truly a double-edged sword when we talk about consent decrees. Like LAPD has been under consent decrees. Uh, Metro, the the people who run the buses and trains have been under consent decrees. It has been mixed success at best, but at this point, there are no good options and LA City Council has proven themselves completely unable to handle this. And that, that includes the mayor as well. The mayor's office has failed long before Eric Garcetti got there, but as things have become more acute, uh, the failures have have been far too obvious to continue to ignore. Um, But you know what? Let's um, let's talk a little bit more about some of the some of the the failures of uh, Garcetti and uh, our elected officials in general. So there was a uh, protest last Wednesday at uh, Tuesday. Oh, was it Tuesday? Thank you. It was uh, last Tuesday at the Hall of Justice. Uh, Black Lives Matter was out there trying to support George Gascon and his reform agenda. And uh, things went a little bit weird. So fill us in a bit, Chris. Yeah. So actually, I think this was at the the Stanley Mosque Courthouse, not the Hall of Justice this time. Um, And this was all in support. They're pretty much right next door to each other. But yeah. It's yes, they're very close. Everything is it's all in the Civic Center in downtown L.A. Um, But yeah, it's um, I don't know where to start on this. Like, okay, so the the basic situation here is that uh, our new district attorney, George Gascon, has proposed a number of reform uh, measures to try to change uh, the criminal carceral system here in Los Angeles County, which is the nation's largest uh, jailer uh, then and, and, and try to, you know, step some of that back, talking about the fact that he is a reform candidate. 
He won the seat, promising to change the way that the county of Los Angeles prosecutes uh, people who have been, been caught by the police doing whatever and and really trying to, to change things for the better, to make it more just and really scale back some of the overly harsh sentencing guidelines um, and changing what kinds of uh, how, how cases are pursued. Uh, and basically, the the, the Los Angeles uh, deputy DAs um, association have come out and they, they're actually suing Gascon to put an injunction against his reforms and stop him from changing the way that it is that they are uh, able to do their job. Basically, if you think back to like what happened with Larry Krasner when he took over in Philly, uh, you can't, Gascon can't do that. Gascon can't just like tell all of the, the you know, the crusty uh, DAs that just want to fucking hurt black and brown people like grab your stuff and there's the door like bye bye uh, you can't do that in Los Angeles so in order to try to change the system from within he is trying to implement new new policies about what types of sentencing they're pursuing and the way that they're going about dealing with these these cases and the deputy DAs are just not having it and there's actually a, a really shitty activist judge who upheld that injunction and I think um, this is the same judge oh shit what is it that he just did um oh he's 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 got a track record of being just an absolute shithead uh and really upending the system and 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 trying to gum up the works and really being uh very pro cop uh in a in the worst possible way um but really quick the 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 protest in the action went really very well for the most part. Uh, there was a bit of agitation going on that started to get tensions up a little bit. And then uh, there was a call for everyone to uh, to disperse. Basically, when the when the senior leadership, if you're at a BLM rally or protest, any kind of an action that's being hosted uh, by Black Lives Matter Los Angeles, if you get word that the senior core members of BLMLA have said, we're done, we're leaving, that means you're done and you're leaving too. Like that is the sign that it is time to leave because they have made the call that things are going to escalate and they're going to escalate badly because they know. They have seen the way that LAPD and the LA Sheriff's Department go in seeking to wrap people up lock them up and put them in, you know, hold them for something like eight plus hours um, on trumped up charges. And it's all just a complete clusterfuck. Like when you get word that the action is done, it is done. It's time to go home yep. and to do so safely in groups. Don't go on your own. Go in groups, get back to your cars and get the fuck out of there because uh, LAPD is going to be looking for people. Uh, to to nab. And so we saw an example of that at the end of the action on Tuesday. So uh, really quick, the audio is going to get a little bit screwy for our listeners on the stream right now. If uh, if uh, I don't mute you, Tim and Terry. Uh, so hold on one second, but we'll 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 bring you back in as soon as this video is done. It's just 45 seconds long. So bear with me. This is LAPD targeting BLM members. 
Yeah. So uh, this whole situation just got completely out of control. Uh, let me bring that back off and bring you guys back in. There we go. So uh, one, of, one of the people that got detained actually ended up having their shoulder dislocated. Um, and multiple people were detained for eight plus hours by LAPD um, because they're literally just looking for any excuse to lock up BLM protesters or their allies because that's that is the MO of LAPD and LA Sheriff's Department at this point in time. Yeah. They don't give a fuck if you've got Trump supporters and just rabid fascists out on the street harassing and beating up black women like they do not care. They will not stop any of that. But if they see BLM protesters and allies walking down the street, they will like hunt them down and do everything that they can to lock them up and separate them from their friends and families and just to, you know, make people's lives miserable. It's so absolutely well, I'm, fucked. I'm fuzzy on the definition of under arrest, but uh, he kept saying that you're you're not under arrest, which uh, in, in common parlance means you're free to go. So uh, to think that somebody ends up with a dislocated shoulder and then in jail for fucking eight hours, it's kind of a problem. Well, and, and here's the other yeah. thing is this the way this arrest went down is especially spurious right on on january 6th when insurrectionists were taking over the capitol a black woman was assaulted walking home by MAGA supporters in front of LAPD and LAPD refused to intervene or arrest the people who assaulted her directly in front of them like in their line of sight these arrests were spurred by somebody who came up and apparently started harassing the group, would not leave them alone, and then went over to yeah. LAPD and demanded that people be arrested. And LAPD was like, oh, yeah, random citizen. We'll go arrest people on your behalf. Like, we'll affect a citizen's arrest on your behalf. And it just stinks to high hell. Like, it's one of those things. It's, where it's like, worse. Oh, God. It, uh, Jesus, Chris. Random citizen whose name we know and we will address you on your first name basis. Yes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, no, they, they, the, the, yeah, it's, it's a fucking mess. Um, this, this feels like it was an inside job. Uh, the well, point is. Maybe not even an inside job, but it's just like, you know, to, 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 to strain a little bit of credulity here. Let's pretend okay. that it's not an inside job and it's just run of the mill racism. <laughs> it's just run of the mill sure, okay. LAPD doing whatever a white person says to enact violence on black oh, bodies. This was like let's, a black woman. let's oh okay. Well, let's let's yeah, give that's... LAPD the benefit of the doubt that it's just their own run of the mill racism and not them like setting somebody <laughs> up. But the other thing is like you could and you probably are right, Chris. It probably probably is uh, a setup and it probably is LAPD doing their thing you, where they they stir things up so that they can come in and make intimidating arrests. You remember that that if that, that the helicopter footage of um, the protests back in June where there was that one dude in the baseball hat at Pershing Square? Maybe that I started I, to yeah. get into a fight. This is this is somebody that got started to get into a fight and then they got separated, pulled back behind LAPD lines and then like hustled back away by LAPD of being like, oh yeah, that was definitely, definitely not a plainclothes officer who was in the crowd being an instigator. I remember that. Uh, can it be, can it be yeah. both <laughs> an inside job and their usual racism? <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, absolutely. Like it's 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 this is not an either or any kind of a mutually exclusive situation. Uh, it's just completely fucked. But uh, the yes, so th- this is uh, the, uh, this is just completely fucked. But again, the big point here is that we need to be looking out for each other. Yeah. at these protests and at these actions and the at the end of the day there must be discipline within the movement if we are going to be successful and if we're going to keep each other safe so when the leadership of the protest gets the sensation that it is time to be done they have the experience they know what the fuck they're talking about listen to them listen to them when they tell you that it is time to go home and just do it and do it safely and in a calm and controlled manner. Do not run, but make sure that you are taking care of your friends and loved ones and staying as safe, as safe and calm as possible as you get the fuck out of there. Yep. And as Gina is pointing out, we do stay with Baba Keely until he is gone for sure. 100%. Yep. Because uh, they will absolutely target Melina, Akili, Jan, any of these seniors from the senior members of BLM. Uh, yeah, don't, those don't, are, don't call Melina a senior. Like her and I aren't that far apart. I'm, no, no, no. I, I'm just, no, I'm, I'm sorry, just fucking I'm sorry. with you. <laughs> the leadership, the core leadership within uh, BLM, uh, th- that is, that is like trophy hunting for fucking LAPD yeah. because that is how they see these black lives. They treat them as though they are animals and they are there to be sought after and arrested. I'm sure they've got a fucking challenge coin for that shit too. Yeah. Like I, guarantee you there's a challenge coin referencing blm and probably giving a couple of these activists names to those fucking coins because yeah that's just the shit they do all righty well um let's real quick uh since we're still on this topic let's uh let's talk about amy Hmm. wakeland uh lapd's own or not lapd (laughs) but los angeles's own iron lady wife of mayor boy eric garcetti uh who apparently called the cops on black lives matter protesters no less than 80 times 80 times well so she might have been calling uh the cops some of those times might have been for when all of the MAGA folks were out there, you know, demanding that the city reopen. Uh, but those folks were all out there after dark and there was like never a police presence. So I, I don't think that it was actually for them at all. I think it was pretty much only for BLM. Uh, she so was just calling fun. to say actually, like, a- hey guys, your buddies are out front. I just wanted to let you know they're doing a bang up job. Yeah. Well, it's kind of fun here because you can actually see a number of uh, K-Town for All members in this image uh, banging on drums and in general being part of the, uh, as I'm sure uh, Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Mayor's wife, uh, Amy Wakeland, would say the, the, the rabble uh, out in front of the manor that needs to be swept away by LAPD. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the... What's the quote that I really wanted to pull is uh, where did it go? The one t- some, where they're talking about being compassion. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Wakeland said, quote, Wakeland said uh, she had built her life around trying to help people from disadvantaged backgrounds. She disputed accounts that depicted her as vindictive and demanding, saying, quote, my life is built on kindness and compassion and generosity, end quote. Garcetti called Wakeland, quote, my rock and 
quote, a rock star. In a recent video interview, he described the countless hours she had worked without pay to make Los Angeles a better place. He rejected the idea that his wife served as an enforcer, calling that notion, quote, dehumanizing. He blamed contrary views on, quote, sexist cliches and gossip and disputed longstanding assertions that she shied away from tough decisions. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, my, my favorite like, button on this article is where, like, they had a list of, like, things, like, ways to comport yourself in public and, like, rules of the house or whatever. Yeah. And Eric wrote, what about fun? And I think that, uh, I think that explains a lot about the mayor's personal life. Well, uh, yeah, let's see. Where's, where is that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was during the years of the when the couple raised foster children in their home, a couple of the teenagers scribbled one addition to the list. How about more freedom? And Wakelin recalled her husband making another amendment. It said, how about more fun? End quote. And that's just the lure they leave well, it. Uh, she does not but, come across well. The in only time, I mean, they tried so hard uh, to, to, to give you an idea of how much of a puff piece this is. Uh, they frame when when Garcetti's assistant right, was it the assistant that was charged with sexual harassment or sexual assault, right? His um, fundraiser, right? And and they fundraiser. frame that charge as a problem for Wakeland's reputation, right? Like, how could this happen to her? Yeah, that one of their associates is sexually harassing people, right? And it's like, well, he's 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 her uh, longtime friend. Apparently, in addition to being a key advisor to her husband, Rick Jacobs was her friend. Yeah. So, you know, that's fun. Yeah. No, she does. <laughs> she does not come across well. Anyway, she's terrible. But also, <laughs> no, you she know, not. like we, we could have seen this coming. Right. Imagine the person who's going to marry Eric Garcetti. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, yeah, it's a mess. Um, but we don't we don't need to go too deep into this. The point is that uh, Amy Wakeland is a, a terrible person. Um, I do very much appreciate the um, the tweets that we got. Let's see. I think that I've got a couple of them or I can pull them up pretty quickly here from uh, BLM uh, where they were saying. Uh, in the Sunday at LA now wife of mayor LA Amy Wakeland says she called LAPD on BLM protesters 80 times since George Floyd uh, uh, uprisings claiming that protesters were disturbing her family's comfort black life is more important than white comfort hashtag don't be an Amy Uh, frankly that's one of my favorite hashtags of the last few months Uh, well done to Black Lives Matter Los Angeles for coming up with it Uh, it very much encapsulates what is going on here uh yeah, don't be an Amy. Uh, don't be an Amy. Before we jump into uh, just a list of things to do, uh, go ahead and throw up that nifty bit.ly. If you want to follow along on your Google Calendar with all of the fun little events that Ground Game has going on, as well as like other orgs, um, a lot of these are Zoom meetings now, obviously, so all you got to do is like click the link on your Google Calendar and jump right in. But go to bit.ly slash ggeventscal bit.ly gg events cal we're going to be posting events there every week we'll probably have a glut of those going up like thursday night friday morning after our weekly meeting uh but this is a really good way to stay plugged in stay involved and also like get your friends involved if you have people that are like hey i don't know how to get into all this nifty stuff send them the bitly they can just click it add it to their google calendar and they will be as hip and as cool as the rest of us 
So one thing before we get into the, the, the regular stuff that we're going to be doing, I wanted to, to highlight this one. Uh, we are, we're, we're hosting a, uh, well, Sylvester Ani uh, from the, uh, the Love You Don't See, uh, The Love We Don't See, rather, uh, is hosting a Black History Month movie night. Uh, they're going to be watching 13th uh, on Friday night at 7.30 p.m. This is going to be on the 12th of February. Uh, the Zoom ID and the password are up there. I love the fact that the password is literally love. Um, and the Zoom ID is 850-3375-5702. Uh, we'll include a link to that in the description of this podcast. Please join if you can. Uh, it should be a really great conversation, and it's a very powerful movie. I, I remember uh, watching it when I was, uh, before I got involved in anything relating to Los Angeles uh, local politics, uh, and getting very depressed. Uh, but it was very very powerful and it was very important for me to see and really open my eyes to the fact that uh people who i had thought were good uh good faith political actors uh throughout my childhood it really taught me that the presidency is just a terrible terrible office and wait. should just be abolished um so tune in and, to, and join for that sell it, it on good. the depression Terry? in these dark times <laughs> It's it's important. Like this is this it's we can't shy away from the stuff, the ugly truth of our history here. And that's what it really comes down to. The 13th Amendment legalized slavery. They just changed it from being private ownership to being a carceral system instead. Like it's yeah. you, you know, it literally says you cannot be a slave except as punishment for a crime. And, and then it allowed people to just make crimes up for it. Well, and and also let's not forget that like when you look at felony the the history of how felony laws were written and who they were used against yep. black bodies were more likely to be sentenced under felony crimes or convicted of felony crimes which meant they were doing jail time which meant that they were going into this slave plantation <clears throat> system and that's continued to this yep. day if you take a white guy and a black guy and you have them accused of basically the same crime the white guy is going to face lesser charges and if convicted lesser jail time that continues to this mm -hmm. day. The 13th Amendment is absolutely atrocious. You look at like Norway's criminal justice system, where it's focused on rehabilitation and giving people life skills versus here in the US where like, oh, you served your time. Here's $20, get the fuck out. Oh, by the way, you're gonna spend the next decade of your life paying off all of these court fees that you didn't even know that you were accruing while you were in there. Um, some states use these to fund things like hospitals or daycare centers and all sorts of ridiculous stuff. Uh, and it's just punishment after punishment after punishment meant to not rehabilitate somebody or make society better, but to break them and grind them down and force them back into that system. Yep. And also you have to check that little box that says that you've been convicted of a felony in the past, which means that it's virtually impossible for you to get a job and escape from underneath that fucking boot. Yep. Uh, our system is broken and this is important stuff for people to educate themselves on. Uh, it is a very powerful movie. Um, it, while I was very depressed watching it, it still was something that I am very, very proud of, like not proud, but I'm very, very happy that I made the decision to do watch that because it changed me fundamentally. And uh, there aren't that many movies that I can say did that. And I needed to see it when I saw it. And I'm very happy because that's part of why I ended up at Ground Game and doing this work. So yeah, good job, Ava DuVernay. Uh, <laughs> you're awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, in other events, we have the live tweets coming back. Uh, once again, we, we're going to be having live tweets tomorrow morning. I will be back on Twitch and on Twitter to live tweet the proceedings of the Los Angeles City Council. Uh, it won't be the normal proceedings. So there's 
I believe going to be a very curtailed public comment period, which is going to suck, but it is what it is. We have to deal with this when uh, Judge Carter is uh, laying down the law, as it were, uh, against L.A. City Council. And so it should be interesting to see what comes out of all of that. Wednesday, meetings will be back to normal. Um, Also worth pointing out, there is going to be a special event going on, Environmental Justice and the Cost of Our Water, U.S. Militarization in Asia and the Pacific under the new Cold War on China. There are going to be events Wednesday uh, from 10... Uh, 10.30 to 4.30 p.m. Thursday from, um, or sorry, Wednesday, February 10th from 3 till 4.30 p.m. Thursday, February 11th from 4 till 5.30 p.m. And the RSVP you can find online at peoplesforum.org. Again, that's peoplesforum.org. You can sign up for those sessions. Uh, And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I've got on here. Is there anything that I'm missing, Terry or Squirrel? No, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, That's all I got. Great. Well, as always, if y'all have any events that you want us to be taking part in, publicizing, or just being made aware of, please send us a message. You can reach us through Ground Game LA Facebook page. You can find us at Ground Game LA on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, this podcast and every Ground Game podcast is a production of Knock.LA. You can support our work over on Patreon at patreon.com slash knock underscore LA. Of course, check the description of this podcast for sources, links to actions, and social media links. Uh, and uh, yeah, also that, uh, that calendar link that uh, Squirrel was so kind to make a lovely bitly for and make it super easy for you to share and tell all of your friends Yep, and stay automatically up to date. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, It's not that long of a podcast for us today, but uh, thank you squirrel. Thank you, Terry. Uh, Yeah. Stay safe. God damn it. Now I have to shave my beard again. Don't I? Yeah. Ha. Anyways, thank you all very much for tuning in. We will uh, catch you on Friday night. Uh, don't forget to tune in for uh, Beltaloda in the back. Uh, we're going to be analyzing yeah. the first couple episodes of The Expanse. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be doing that every Friday night. And also, keep an eye on this Twitch channel. There's going to be a lot more cool stuff happening. We're, uh, we're democratizing access to the channel, so there's going to be a lot more ground game folks doing a lot more cool stuff. Uh, thank you all. I hope you all have a lovely and safe week. <laughs>